Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Ted, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up on a two-hour show to get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates sweep their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26 tour the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Yo, turn me up in my headphones, though. Let me know if I'm getting told. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Dev McMillan, and I'm in the building with my brothers, B. Austin and Jimmy the Blueprint. Back yes, sir. Final four set. The NBA playoff race is heating up. And Philly, surprisingly, is represented in both. Gus Griffin's going to join us for a minute to give his investment tips on the Final Four, and we'll talk a little NFL free agency as well. So settle in, keep it locked right here. And if you want to get in on the conversations, you know the drill. Make sure you join us right now in that JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, at War Room Sports, or you can join us on the uh, GroupMe app. That's the War Room Sports Game Time group on the GroupMe app. Uh, get that on your phone if you don't have it. Um, you can also call us directly in about 15 minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. One last thing before we get the conversation started. You guys got to make sure you join us during the week, not live, but you know, check us out when we're not live on the air. Um, you can hit up the archive episodes of our show on the website at worldroomsports.com, the Worldroom Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, most other places you get uh, your great podcast listening on. So, what's going on, brothers, man? Uh, another another week in America, man. Now, y'all, man, Trump got his past exploits on TV, giving us way too much information, man. What's what's going on in America this week? Yo, man. All I need to say is shout out to Big Oogie. Yo, shout out to Big Oogie. Black J and Big Oogie. I'm just out here trying to live life like Tyrone Hankerson Jr., dog. Be Barry and stuff. <laughs> yo, yo, PhD and man, Primo from Gangsta. Um, rest in peace, Google. I'm, I'm out here trying try to get that Tom Hankerson Jr. money, dog. <laughs> Word. Word. Yo, Bobbin getting drizzagged on Twitter. He's a superstar now, though. I mean, you still a little money and you, you know, get a little fame. Yeah, he- I'm gonna be on big. Yeah, shout out to money. To that's because money. That's because because money ain't the root of all evil. You know what it is. Shout out to John Jackson. No doubt. Yo, he getting, I don't know. We he shot that out today. My man just got a, a domestic violence. He stepped his baby mom. Yeah, pretty much. Um, allegedly. Me too. I mean, hypothetically, <laughs> OJ voice. Yeah, but shout out to the alma mater. And the, the president of the alma mater, who's another step closer to losing his gig, uh, because this is something that they, they knew about for at least a yeah, year, this whole embezzlement thing. I mean, these days, you have to be transparent. You got to let people know that, because the students out there who can't get the money they want, they don't know that some employees stole it. 
You know what I mean? But you didn't tell them. Yeah. And now, you know, the, the distrust at the university is going to keep growing. Um, he already had that whole thing with the housing situation a few weeks ago when he was telling people, look, you know what I mean? You ain't got a house. That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got nowhere to stay. That's, uh, you know, it's not my problem. Why, why was Bob's board drawn like that? Yo, I don't know. My man had. And shout out to Tyrone Hankerson, man. Superstar Tyrone Hankerson. My man had fur coats, Range Rovers, standing out in front of cribs that looked like Georgetown. He was so, he had so much money. You know how you get, you have so much money, you just get bored. This man had photos of himself, like, leaping into the air, looking mad <laughs> sus. Because Yo. he had enough money to get the photos. He had photos on the Whoa. beach, photos in Cuba, with little Stockton shorts on. My man was drawing. Oh. Yo, though here's the here's the thing though, cause, right? I don't know how true it is, but I was listening. He got he um, one donkey today, today on uh, you know, uh TBT, and they said uh, on there now I don't know how true. It is, they said my man had his own like videographer that traveled with him. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's actually more that's actually becoming more common than you one may believe because of uh, social media being what it is. A lot of these noodles and drawing people are. Uh, hiring lackeys to hold cameras to uh, catch their best angle and uh, draw. Drawing. Like, if I want to take a pic, I take a pic. Yo, yo, it's more but, common than this. Yo, it, I'm telling you. But, B, how much money did the dude have? I mean, he stole, like, 429000 from Howard. Like, he had to have some other, you know, but we, we don't know all his avenues. Hustle. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He had to have some other hustles going or on. Or that's, that's reporting he stole. Right, right, right. They probably don't, <laughs> probably don't want to get a real number. Speaking of that, good point. When I when I saw when I ran into Kevin Hart in the the hotel gym in Dallas, he had some Asian boy following him around with a camera. <laughs> I mean, Can he like for entertainment, so that's a little bit more. You who's know. Kevin? Who's Kevin Hart? He's alive. We know how he how I'm he do it on uh, regular cat. I'm talking yeah, regular, regular, regular. I mean, I guess these days people are like you pay for me to go somewhere. I'm there if you need me to carry I mean, it. I hear that, we we all travel, go play. You tell my yo, take a picture for me, dog. I'm all, all like yo, have on videographer kind of Jimmy getting tow yeah. truck, but Jimmy know he gonna have a videographer when he when he go to York yeah. in a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he mad. He, he mad. Jimmy just mad. He didn't think of it first. No, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but if I did though, if I did, O voice, be the least I hire for the yummy job. I mean, Jimmy, if Jimmy sent back a photo with him leaping in the air like a ballerina, though, we gonna have some issues. <laughs> All right, man, so let's let's get into this show because we got the homie, um, Gus Griffin, waiting on the line. So before he comes on, I'm going to let you guys know that Hot Topics and Gus's segment is brought to you by MyBookie.com. It's right up his alley. Hey, all right, real quick, family, let's talk turkey and how much of it you can make investing at MyBookie. 
the final four is here. If you haven't checked them out yet, this is the best time to do so. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in college hoops while you still can. Join us and thousands of other online players investing at mybookie.ag. Again, mybookie.ag, not .com, .ag. You tired of getting the runaround when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. No ass betting. You win, they pay fast and without any hassles. Wasting your time investing anywhere else. They even have in-game live investment. So you can place investments after tip-off, kickoff, face-offs, etc. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. But to do that, you got to use promo code WARROOM, all caps, WARROOM, to activate this offer. So visit mybookie.ag today, play, win, and get paid. All right, so let's get Gus on the line with us so we can talk about Final Four. Gus, what's going on, good brother? You're in the war room. Hey, how y'all doing? All right, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, Looking for my back week. <laughs> Come, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. You did. Uh, what, hey, what's your record for the tournament? There? You did pretty well last. I'm. Uh, I'm at five, six, and one. I was three, one, and one last week. Had I paid attention and saw that uh, Michigan had dropped to um, three and a half, I would have won that. That was my push at four. But um, so I had a good week. Hey right, Gus, cool. um, quick, quick question for you, Gus. Do you do you travel with your own personal videographer? We're just trying to you know take some take some uh, surveys. Oh, <laughs> research. <laughs> as bad as I was in football. Hell no. <laughs> Guys, like, I don't want anybody to know my whereabouts. No, 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 photos, no, 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 <laughs> None of that. <laughs> no, not me. Not me. All right, so let's get into the final four real quick. And before that, because you got to pick for the uh, the NIT title game, which is uh, Penn State minus four. Uh, who are you liking in that game? I'm taking Penn State. Um, and it's not it's not a – recency thing. I mean, if you look at how they shot out, shot the lights out Tuesday night, you you know, they would have beat a lot of teams in the in the big tournament the way they shot Tuesday night, but I just think that they've um, they played the Big 12 tournament in at Madison Square Garden and they they won two games there. So, you know, for shooters, for teams that are really uh, relying on that three-point shooting, familiarity is a big thing. It's a huge thing. Right. And so I I'm taking them to and laying the four against Utah. All right, we even get NIT action for you guys. What other show does that? <laughs> All right, so let's go to the big dance. We got, uh, of course, Michigan versus uh, Loyola Chicago. That's a shocker. And Villanova versus Kansas. Um, so we got Michigan and Villanova minus five. Who are you taking in both of these contests? Taking Michigan. Um, of <clears throat> uh, Loyola's obviously exceeded expectations. I had them getting to the Sweet 16, but I didn't have them getting to the Final Four. Um, I think the thing is um, teams of Loyola's um, ilk, so to speak, whether it's VCU, George Mason, even way back in like 79, Penn, uh, University of Penn, when they make a run, usually it ends in that semifinal game. And so I, that's who I, I, I see the same thing happening here. They've had a hell of a run, but I think Michigan's going to take care of them. All right, so uh, it's about to strike midnight on Cinderella. So on the other side of the docket, you have two number one seeds, um, Kansas 
and Villanova. What are your thoughts on those? I'm taking Villanova laying the five. Not crazy about it, but that's what I'm going to do. Uh, the one thing about Villanova, of the teams that heavily rely on the three-point shot, very, very few of them play anything close to what the defense Villanova plays. They didn't shoot well against Texas Tech, a good team. They didn't shoot well at all. They got about right. over 20 offensive rebounds. But it shows me that they don't need that dagger to beat good teams. Now, if they're making the dagger, they're going to blow you out. All right? Um, but uh, they don't need And I can't see them shooting as poorly as they did from three-point land two games in a row. So I think Villanova's going to win, and I'll lay the five. All right. So that means next week we'll be here talking about uh, your pick between Michigan and Villanova. So we look forward to that. Um, how's your week been before we get you out of here? <laughs> Everything good? Everything good. good. Everything good. Get that victory, baby. Right. Go. Everything good. I'm, I'm, work. I'm working on um, a column that I should get to you by this weekend. It's on a, It's going to be called um, How Baseball Became the Black Litmus Test and Why I Don't Give a Damn. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> well, I think it'll be a relatively interesting piece. All right. Well, we we forward to reading that and spreading that out to all the listeners uh as usual gus thank you for your time and we will be uh we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do uh social media posts uh, excuse me for your pick for the championship game or is that i'll get it to you yeah because that's gonna I'll be get on it to monday you. that's right. gonna be monday yeah, i'll get it to you sunday or something we'll we'll put it out that way or if you get the uh, column out to us before that time, then we'll just throw it at the bottom of that as well. Cool, cool. <laughs> All right. So thanks for your time, and we will talk to you later. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. No problem. That's Gus Griffin, a uh, War Room sports writer and investment what, – what should we call it? <laughs> investment banker and, and investment Analyst. Investment, investment analyst. Investment analyst. All right. Yeah, he's yeah. an investment analyst. Because we don't do that other thing. We don't. We don't do that rose thing. We invest. We don't do that other thing. All right. So uh, it's been a it's been a busy week, man. And uh, before we get into everything else, first of all, shout out to MLB opening day. Uh, I was trying to keep tabs on the Phillies game before we got on the air. I was actually listening to it on Sirius. Um, but yeah, this is the first time in all 30 teams will be playing on, uh, opening day. So a uh, shout out to that as well. Some of the new rules are in effect. Um, you only get a certain amount of visits to the mound. They're trying to speed up the game. So, you know, little things here, little things there, but we'll be talking about that as the season progresses. Um, everybody call in and let us know what you think your team is going to do in Major League Baseball this year. But for now, let's go on to the NFL just a little bit because in the NFL, we had some um, tools that I know you you know, we these type of things. You get told. Andy no. told present. Turn you off Andy your headphones. This is sounding crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> this boy here. Yeah, the NFL right, uh, so. NFL free agency is going nuts. Go ahead, Def. It, well, yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, the free agency and the, the, the rule changes is what I was trying to say. I don't know if anybody understood what the hell I was saying. But um, 
Yeah, speaking of free agency, Andy Toe, you know, huh? <laughs> Andy Toe understood. Oh yeah, he. <laughs> I thought you were saying he still understood, but um, <laughs> speaking speaking of free agency, man, there's a team in the uh, NFC out west that's tooling up to destroy everybody and dethrone our Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Rams have signed a one-year deal with Indomitian Sioux, so their, their their interior line consists of Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sioux. We know they already in free agency picked up Aqib Tlaib and uh, Marcus Peters <laughs> to go into the secondary. Now they're trying to work on uh, prying Odell Beckham away from the New York Giants while they stand pat no. on the decision to whether you know whether or not to pay him or trade him. So, so B, what are your thoughts on the Rams? Do you think this is a dream team situation, or do you think you know they'll be able to put this type of talent together and just you know run run the table on the NFC this season? I'm afraid. I'm very, I'm very afraid because while Aaron Donald is everything at D tackle, all world, and Damakong Sue is an underachiever who is actually more talented and playing beside a guy who gets all the accolades, I have a feeling we're going to see an, an Indomitian Sue that we have not seen maybe ever, and that I am fearful of. And then you have two guys on the corner that basically You can't say maybe offense. ever, though. There were some seasons where dude dominated to the point, and there's no way we could see better than that, can we? Uh, yeah, when, 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 because he's never played with another lineman like, that, like Aaron Donald, and their, their outside rushers are actually underrated. They're DNs. And so now you're talking about Kong playing a guard or a center head up one-on-one, which is something that he has rarely ever done. Even even when he was dominating, he was beating double teams. Now he's not even going to see those double teams on a regular basis. So I think we could see record sack numbers for him from the interior. That That's my fear. And then when we go to the edges, it's two brothers that really don't think of themselves as defenders but more as offensive players who get to hit people which is uh, Tlaib and Peters, their whole thing is I'm banking on the fact that my line, my D-line can get home, so there's only so many routes that you can run before time's up and the ball got to come out. So they're going to be ball hawking. They will be susceptible to the double move and the big play, but I expect both of them to come away from this season with a minimum of six picks each, and that's scary. Yeah, I mean, they're shaping up to be a scary bunch anyway. I already thought the Rams were a top three team in the NFC. No, already good. Yeah, like last season. And, you know, being 100% real, still in the euphoria of winning the Super Bowl, you know, I didn't think the Eagles were the best. I, You know, I still thought the the Saints were the best, and I was kind of glad that the Eagles were able to avoid that smoke with the luck that Minnesota had versus the Saints in that – um divisional matchup. So the Rams, you know, getting to see them up close in a, in a very close game with the Eagles, 
like I felt they were a team that was just as good. And, you know, if the ball would have bounced in a different way, like they could have been playing on, on Super Bowl Sunday just as easily as the Saints or the Eagles. So with them making the improvements that they're making, like I'm hoping for a dream team scenario. But right now, like I'm not seeing that. Like, like it doesn't matter. Like those those kind of names scare you, you know. No matter if we've seen in the past that that kind of stuff kind of backfires on you sometimes. I don't know, because because the point was with this team, the team was already solid. You know what I'm saying? When the Eagles did their little dream team thing, you know, the season before they weren't the greatest team. You know, they weren't one of the best teams in the league. The Rams are already that. So this is just them just putting it all out there and going for it. And and so far it does look a little bit a little bit scary. So they only have they really only have one weakness on the defensive side of the ball, if you can even call it a weakness, and that's a linebacker, the second level, like you're not gonna be able to throw the ball effectively down the field and intermediate. You're gonna have to pick on the linebackers in the middle of the field because you ain't running the ball. And you ain't throwing deep, so that defense is, is is scary. I still would give Minnesota the edge, just because they've had the time together um, to 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 gel, uh, and there's a lot of strong personalities on that Rams defensive unit. But if they play to their level of talent and ability, cheese Louise Papa cheese, cheese <laughs> Louise Papa cheese, huh? Shout out, right, so you know I told to you that. There, if there was going to be a trade right now, they would be the front runners. They've inquired to the New York Giants about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, the Giants haven't outright said that they wanted to trade him, but they are listening for off listening to offers, and they said it would take at least two first round picks for anybody to pry Odell Beckham away from them if they decided to trade him. So if you were the Giants at this point, what would you do, first of all, before we even talk about where he could end up? Would you pay him? He obviously wants to be the highest-paid receiver in the league. He wants to be one of the highest-paid players in the league, bar, you know, barring position. Um, um, you got to. Or would you? you have to or trade. would you ask for this trade? No, you have to trade him for a couple for a couple reasons. First of all. He's 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 a female, so he's emotional. And as much as we like to to say, hey, uh, you know, it's just business. He's taking it personal that the Giants are even entertaining trade offers and calls for him, with him being by far and away the best player on their team. So now you got a malcontent, feminine, attention grabbing, disruptive diva receiver who's the most talented on your squad, you're nowhere near close to winning, you got to leverage him into multiple draft picks to begin your rebuilding effort. There's no point. I, I think you got to trade him and you got to get, you got to trade Eli. Send Eli where he can go out the pasture in another two or three years and leverage Odell Beckham as an asset into multiple draft picks. You have to. He's going to be discontent. You're not going to give him that all-world $20 million guaranteed contract. 
a year, you're not going to do that. So you're going to make him play on the fifth year of his rookie deal. There's no telling what dude will do in terms of well, He said of he's not going to play. He said he's not going to show up if he doesn't get a contract. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's, get him up out of there. He's allegedly prepared to hold out if he doesn't get a contract. So, I mean, I can understand the quandary that, that they're in. You know what I'm saying? It, it's difficult. I mean, and then I guess it depends on – because first of all, I think, you know, two first-round picks, like we know how good he is, but two first-round picks for a wide receiver is yeah, a crazy ransom tough. at this point. And it's very tough yeah, we for anybody about to a wide receiver, though. Yeah, right. I know. So, and I know. It, it's crazy because two two first round picks that's usually quarterback ransom, either yeah. you know a good quarterback or in most cases you're trying to move up to draft your quarterback so you give up these types of you know picks, but like for a wide receiver, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be Yo, difficult to get a team. But you know you, you know that's how you negotiate though you you ask high. Right. And land somewhere near there, but but Dev, there's a sucker, there's a sucker born every day, and some of them are GMs in professional sports. So I think because of you, you you'll find someone who's going to trick themselves into believing that it's a good idea because of the attention it draws, the merchandising. Uh, the ticket sales, the ability to leverage his stardom, his fame, his femininity for the benefit of your fan base, particularly your millennials and younger. So there's a GM that's going to be dumb enough to do it. Somebody, somebody stupid is out there, man. Trust me. We shall see. That's that's a lot to ask. Like Jimmy said, that's a wide receiver we're talking about. Yeah, so, but I mean, uh, damn it's, good. Sort of like I, it's sort of like I um, – Said about uh in the group chat earlier, like there's always some team out there that's going to say YOLO and just let their hands go and say I'll do it. There's always somebody that's going to be a, be a huckleberry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and if if it is, it, it would be a team like the Rams, though, like a team that's like, man, we left this season thinking we were a couple of pieces away. Boy, did we just add some pieces. We add this one more than. We're going to be the favorite. Like, yeah, like with with what they've already done. If the Rams, if they're not already the favorite, if they added an Odell Beckham, like they're going to be clearly the favorite favorite in the NFC and maybe in the whole NFL. So you can understand teams like that going for it when it's time to go for it. But if you have, you know, some rebuilding teams, which are most of the teams that have those kind of picks, like, come on, you can't you can't give that up. For a wide receiver in the middle of a rebuild, you just can't do that, man. I think um, I think the best I think the best comment is you shouldn't give that up. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Shout out to Skyview in the chat room. He said, "And Dominican Sue going to the Rams will be the equivalent to Reggie White going to the Packers." Blasphemy. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll be that good because when Reggie White went to the Packers, Reggie White was still one of the most dominant players in the NFL. Um, and Dominican Sue is basically in the midst of what's being perceived as a fall-off. 
Now, like B said, he might go somewhere where he has the best help on the interior that he's ever had. He might have the biggest chip on his shoulder that he's ever had because of the perceived fall-off, and he might have a dominant-type season. But I don't think it could be the equivalent because the Rams would be in a position right now where they know what he was, but they don't exactly know what they're getting. The Packers knew exactly what they were getting when they got Reggie White because he was still that good. So, so yeah, could be, Someone could be, with the but I don't think we could say that now. Like, we could be saying that in hindsight, but, you know, if he does ball out, I'm pretty sure, you know, Skyview, he's going to take credit for, for saying it now. So we, we'll we'll mark it down that you said it early, Skyview. But just right now, as it stands, like, I don't think there's much of a comparison um, as he's being sent over there. All right, so I was uh, talking a little bit earlier about the rule changes. Um, some of the more controversial rules got tweaked a little bit. Um there's going to be a 15-yard penalty for lowering your head to initiate and make contact with a helmet. Um, does this sound any different than what they were doing? Uh, it just sounds like the further illegalization of tackling. Yeah, but can I play devil's advocate here? Like, can you – like, is is leading with your head – the best way to tackle? Like, can you not tackle if you don't leave with your head? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can't make the big hit that we all want to see. <laughs> you can't kill a yeah. dude making tell the truth. So I don't even understand what the rules are at this point. Yeah, because the, the for me, it doesn't specify that this means offense and defense. Well, let me say defense and offense because it's always meant defense. But to me, the language sounds like it might because it's just saying players lowering their heads to initiate contact with with varying levels of contact. Um, they're going to get a 15-yard penalty. And I'm like, well, there's a lot of times that the the ball carrier on offense sees someone coming and they lower their head. So are, are we going to be throwing penalty, yeah. penalties on them as well? Yeah. That's the part that I don't understand. Yeah. Yo, if if that's the case, if it's how are you able, how are you going to play running back in the NFL? <laughs> Yo, how can you play running back without lowering your your head and your pad level? Which you just going to stand up and run into the line and let people tee off on your chest? Come on, man. Yo, this don't make no sense. Yeah, my bad. Y'all there? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were about to yeah, say something. Yeah, but, but um, no, nah, yeah, I was yeah. muted for a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't even understand what the rules are at this point. Um, they they might just say flag football. Well, they're saying not only could it tr- uh, cost you 15 yards. Um, it could also, like the NCAA's targeting rule, lead to an ejection, but that's going to be subjective, I think, because these are the questions that they aren't asked, that they aren't answering. It's like, how strictly are these officials going to enforce this? Like, what has to be done to lead to an to an uh, ejection? 
that's the that's the part that's not being explained. So I guess we'll see um, some further detail on these rules a little bit later. They've also revised the catch rule because we know that's probably the most controversial rule in football. So now you don't have to survive the ground to for it to be considered a catch. So in instances like Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, uh, Jesse James this past season, all of those would have been a catch. Now, I thought, personally, I thought that I understood the catch rule. So I didn't complain as much about the catch rule as most other fans. Like, I, most of those plays were pretty cut and dry to me. You know what I'm saying? If you have to su- survive the ground, most of those players did. You were, um, you were, Jesse, you were being an objective. You were being an objective analyst and diving in and dissecting the rule versus someone who is thinking emotionally and has a rooting interest in the result of the play. Right. I mean, but obviously those voices were loud enough because, you know, they've, they've changed the requirement to quote-unquote survive the ground. So now we're going to see – a bunch of quote-unquote catches where people hit the ground and the ball's bobbling all over the place and fumbling all over the place, and they're still going to be calling them catches. So this is just going to confuse fans even more. Like I said, I I thought that I understood the rules, and, you know, a lot of those plays, you know, I could see exactly why they weren't called catches. I even thought that the Clement catch in the Super Bowl was a little bit suspect because he caught it, but as he went to adjust the ball, it started moving around in his hands, and I think he stepped out by the time he gained control of it. On the other hand, the Ertz play, to me, within the, the scope of the rules, was a perfectly good touchdown because he caught the ball, turned, made three steps, and a dive, which is two football moves. Uh, maybe three since he turned while he was running, then dove into the end zone, and then the ball popped out as it hit the turf in the end zone after he had already crossed the plane. That was cut and dry touchdown to me. So I, I personally think that they're just going to be confusing fans even more, especially, especially you know those of us who kind of understood what the rule was um, prior to now. So we'll see how that goes. Um they're going to also be getting permission for uh, the command center to eject players. So what this means is the senior vice president of officiating can now, you know, those are the guys who watch the games from New York. They can now order the ejection of a player who's been penalized for a non-football act, such as punching or, or fighting or something like that. So I'm assuming the point of this is, if the referees on the field didn't see this and these guys see it in their replays from New York, <laughs> now they can uh, throw people out of the game from the, their comfortable office chairs. That's kind of crazy. Um, the touchback, it's, you know, they did it last season. It's, it's going to be permanent now. The touchback is going to be uh, at the 25-yard line for kickoffs. Um there will be no point after attempts at the end of regulation. So, you know, most of the time somebody scores and the game's over, but they're required to kick that meaningless extra point 
or something like that. Um, I don't think anybody cares about that rule except for the betters because that could be that one point could be, you know, <laughs> that could make or break the spread. Vegas, um, Vegas got to speak up. There's something that they put on the table. They haven't done anything yet, but it's about um, hiring head coaches who are in the playoffs. I think they're trying to hate on that practice and and try to make teams wait, but they've tabled it. Um, They've also tabled uh, video on the sidelines. So um, in 2018, they're going to continue to ban the use of video by coaches and players during games. Shout out to Bill Belichick. Um, and one rule that they've taken away, the 15-yard penalty, I mean, I'm sorry, pass interference they put on the table. I know Jimmy would have appreciated this if he was still watching football. They put on the table that they were going to change it to the college rule where it would be 15 yards uh, for pass interference and not a spot file like it's been, but they withdrew it. So pass interference is going to remain a spot file. I don't understand that. That would have been the best rule change that there was because I think, you know, that is such a momentum changer. And half of the time, I'm not saying, you know, it's it's always a bad call because sometimes dudes are down there mugging people. But half of the time, or maybe a little bit less than half of the time, it's a terrible call. And on, you know, deep throws, you're giving people 40 and 50 yards for a questionable call, even if it's a great call. Like no no penalty in football should be determined by how strong your quarterback's arm is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as, as, as written in a sports the book, the only question yeah. I have is, um, only question I have is like, you know, when's somebody going to sign Eric Reed? That's pretty much all I want to say. Yeah, he's he's next. True. He's next on the, you know, <laughs> Kaepernick can't get a job. Yeah. No, his his homie Eric Reed he, might be right ready. after him. So no, that that would have been the best change because pass interference, as Jimmy has alluded to several times, and. On you know on broadcast in articles and in sports the book, it's probably like the worst rule in sports, not just professional football. It's the worst rule in sports, man. At least if it's not, it's top five. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, if it's, I, if it's I, not I big. He's the closest one. All right, so those are your NFL rule changes. So we'll see how all of this stuff plays out. During the regular season Um, In ball in the family news Chino Hills High School Won the California State Championship Without LaMelo Ball We talked last week about those guys Making a fourth quarter rally To get themselves Into the final They actually pulled out the win Um, And if y'all remember A year ago LaVar said LaVar Ball said the program would go from sugar to ish <laughs> after LaMelo graduated. And then that sped up when he totally pulled LaMelo out of school because he and the coach weren't seeing eye to eye. So how good of a coach, you know, must this guy be? Because if LeVar thought that the talent level was bad enough for the team to just totally stink just because LaMelo leaves and – this coach comes in, doesn't listen to LeVar, LaMelo rolls, and he leads them to a California State Championship. Like, first of all, how how vindicated must this guy feel and, and how good well, of a coach must he be? 
if, if I'm if I'm him, yo, I am like trolling ungodly. Like, <laughs> yeah, you had to be I'm petty. Texting, no, I'm you had to just bar. turn into a teenager, yo. Yo, I'm texting Var. I'm saying yeah. thank. I'm, I'm giving him a thank you when they uh, interview me for the news. I just want to thank Lavar Ball. Like I'm, I'm going complete troll move. <laughs> troll, troll him. Um, I just, I think it's completely hilarious. Um, it's just, it's almost as funny as Jello declaring for the NBA draft. That's how. <laughs> Yo. Stop hating on Jello. You're gonna be an NBA legend. You heard it here first. But no, speaking of that, B, Jello went out and scored 72 points right after he declared for the NBA draft. Now, Pete, this, a lot of people think <laughs> there's some con- conspiracies out there that LeVar staged this whole thing. Because, of course, the 72 points didn't come in the major division game where they play against older professionals. This, this came in the came against the, high school kids. The the triple B challenge games where, you know, the the guys are basically anywhere from fifteen to sixteen to twenty years old. Um, no, but B, you all right now? You you saying that? And I understand that because I have to. That has to be pointed out. It has to be pointed out because you do have a lot of people out there who believe everything, and there's still people out there saying, "Man, look what the ball boys over there doing to grown men." They really haven't had great games against the actual grown men yet. Le- uh, Leangelo averages about 15 and a half points in the real league games, which isn't terrible um, by any stretch. But in these uh, Triple B Challenge games against the high school age guys, like this is where he and LaMelo just totally light cats on fire. So he declared for the draft, went out in the Triple B game, um, and, and some of these conspiracy theories might make a little bit of sense because LeVar knows what he's doing. We are, we know he's a master marketer. So he may have, you know, set this game up on this date, said we're going to announce this, and then I want you to go out there and, and just light these dudes ablaze. Uh, LaMelo actually had 36 or 38 points in the game as well, so I don't think anybody shot the ball except for the Ball Brothers um, during this performance. Now, like I said, it needed to be said that it wasn't the high division game. But, B, when people have games like this, you and I are both on the record of saying that kind of game is impressive no matter what level of basketball you're playing on because it still takes a lot to score those games. You still got to make the buckets. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's playing so against you're not, you're not playing impressed against at all? He's playing against no, guys' no, age. No, he's no, not no. playing against the grown-ass men, but he's playing against yeah. guys' age. Right. I mean, some no, of them I'm might not, be his age. Some not, of them are younger. But at the same time, he's only – he just left high school too. So – and and yeah, and he did I'm this not, to American high schoolers as well because his high at Chino High was 72 points. So you – know. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it to say that it's not impressive because I'm on record at saying I saw somebody far and away more talented score 81. And as I said, if you score 81 on dead people, I'm impressed. So it's an impressive feat. I just don't think it translates into anything with regard to the NBA because that's not the type of talent he's going to see or be faced with. In Yeah, but in, you're um, trying to translate 72 points. Okay, he's not going to be Kobe Bryant, but 
That doesn't mean he – like, I I don't know because he hasn't played on that level, but from what I can see, there seems like there's worse players in the NBA <laughs> than LiAngelo Ball. This I mean, I, he ain't going to go to the Lakers like his dad think he's going to get all three of them on the Lakers, but the, the, the I don't see why he can't get a what, what shot position? in the league. What, what, position, Probably, what position is he, Des? What position? He'd be Basketball a slow shooting player. guard. <laughs> He'd be a slow shooting gonna, guard or or a, a small small forward. He's gonna play basketball player. Um, yeah, he can shoot. The is, There's always room in the NBA for somebody that can, can shoot. shoot. He definitely can. He can't. You know, you he can't defend. Up. He can't defend us. Here's the question, though. Here's the here's the real question: Is he going to get drafted, or is he going to make a team? I think getting drafted might be a stretch, especially because of the route that LeVar had him take. And 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 it might not be just because of the route. You know, there's a lot in Jello's you know, it's a lot in his in his folder that could be a turn off to teams. First of all, they're gonna think about his character, you know, that's gonna come up, you know, with the thing you in China. Think? They're gonna think about the you fact that he left UCLA. They're gonna think about the fact that his father is LeVar Ball. So the fact that he isn't as talented as Lonzo or he isn't as talented as the dudes who are going to get drafted, even if he was talent, you know, that could be a situation that even if he was talented enough to go in one of the two rounds, he might not just because of the extra baggage that he's bringing to the table. So, Jimmy, if I were to answer your question, I would say, okay, in a two-round draft, I think he's good enough to get drafted maybe in the second round, but it doesn't really – I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't because of all the stuff that I just named. Because I'm he might – like people are probably looking at him like he's not worth the trouble of LeVar Ball. He's not worth I – mean, but then again, him, might, we've seen LeVar don't really love him that much, so LeVar probably wouldn't even bother his team if he got drafted. <laughs> Yo, crazy, crazy, the crazy part is uh, LeVar said that's his favorite son. He said out of the others, he said, "Yo, he really don't bang with uh, um, Lamelo." Uh, you know what I mean? He said that uh, yeah. Jello's his. He's favorite saying son. that because it's his turn to get drafted. It's time for Here's him to lie though. to big him up. He lying. We know he don't love this. He lied. Listen, here's my thing though. Here's, here's my thing. Is he is he gonna um is it gonna be a team out there that's gonna be clout chasing and just draft him at the end of the second round just for the uh you know, to get all the cameras and get uh, attention for the to their boost team? In, for the boost in uh, attention real quick. Exactly. Like a, like like they did Michael Sam and then cutting Pretty much. Pretty much. Be a nut ass team <laughs> somewhere like the Nickelbackers. Oh no Shout out shout out no, to Phoenix. <laughs> Shout out to Phoenix. Um, <laughs> shout out to the Hawks. Let me stop. Ben Simmons, uh, we piling on the Hawks this week, man. That's why they're going to beat the Sixers tomorrow. I'm telling you. I mean, they are, they are in the A. Get him down to A. Get some attention to the A. Um, mm-hmm. Get him on that team. Where it had a Knicks. The Knicks trying to get some attention to New York. The Knicks are back. Um, well, that's no, not good because, draft, you know no, what? Draft Whoever drafts him – might get another prize. They might get Lonzo. Because remember, Papa Ball said if the Lakers don't take all of his boys, Lonzo's not re-signing with them. So somebody <laughs> might draft him just so they can get Lonzo. They're like, look, this is, you know, something we got to do. We'll, 
We'll give him a, a roster spot, keep him on injured reserve all the time, as long as his brother, you know, come down here. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. <laughs> so that's a, it's a lot to this story, man. It's a lot, a lot of reasons why he could get drafted, a lot of reasons why why he might not get drafted. Um, but we'll see. So, but what do y'all think about the conspiracy theories? Y'all think it was a setup by Lavar for him to announce? And then go out and stop uh, the heads of some Lithuanian teenagers. Nah, I don't even necessarily think. I don't think it was that type of conspiracy. I think the, I think the the games from the jump are stacked to the advantage of the Ball Brothers. Like I think from the gate, Lavar had something to do with the players on the team, with the coaches of the teams. I think it's it's it, there's a there's a a bias from the jump, so you don't even have to look at an individual game to say, oh, this game is is rigged. I think the whole season been rigged. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Ain't gonna get, ain't gonna never get them balls no credit. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Va- shout out to Vaughn for being able to even do that. Like uh, about a year or two ago, we had no idea that he would have the uh, the leverage to to rig a whole professional, um, you know, basketball league. So what you're right, saying is right. my man my man put himself in position somehow, somehow, some way to rig an entire professional basketball league. So salute to him for that. <laughs> Jimmy, yo, Jimmy, 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 you sound impressed. You sound impressed with the death of competitiveness. <laughs> I mean, it ain't death of competitiveness. It, it, it depends upon what you're saying about, about competing. My man is trying to put food on his family, and he's like, look, I'm gonna leverage this. I mean, he's basically he's basically the Kardashians of basketball. He's figured out a way, like the mama has in the Kardashians. No, that's not a good. That's not a good thing. I mean, maybe it's not for the sticker But maybe it's not. But do I really care? Like, am I really tuning in to watch Lithuanian basketball? Yo, are you really? Are you really trying to see the Jersey Generals play the Harlem Globetrotters every night? Yo. I don't want to see that either. I don't watch that. My point is, what do I care if he goes to Lithuania and ruins an entire league? Who cares? <laughs> ruins an entire country. Not really. <laughs> no, you, you do not care. I'm just giving a fuck. I don't care either. Uh, Skyview in the chat room, back to the catch thing. He said, I could care less about the Cowboys, but Dez's was a catch. That wasn't no catch. Um, and then he also said a lot of these guys might as well make a statement. I'm declaring for the G League. <laughs> they should though. That's the thing. Like that that should be a thing. And and another thing, what what I wanted to ask you, B, when we were talking about you know the 72 points and who he scored it against. Hey, if there wasn't a rule that these guys had to be, you know, a year out of high school to get drafted. Hey. A bunch of guys who scoring seventy two points on high schoolers will be getting drafted to the NBA. So it's like, you know, what's the difference from my man Jello? <laughs> he just doing what he doing, you know. That's who Var yeah. putting in front of him, and that's who he gonna kill. He like yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the uh, stat of the week real quick. And this is a another stat for you know the folks out there who haven't been trusting in the process too much. Sixers are getting a lot of press lately, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in our uh, basketball segment. But just to throw a little teaser out here, here's a stat of the week for you guys. Um, 
first of all, I throw a question out there. Where do you rank the Sixers starting lineup, you know, throughout the whole NBA? Where do you guys like y'all don't have to answer that. That's, re- that's rhetorical. That's for the that's for the fans um and the listeners Negative. to answer. That's a good question. Yeah, that's and would you say B? You said negative also, four. Is that also negative for the blunt fly ladies and prisoners? That's what you're ranking their starting lineup. You're saying it's terrible. Mm, no, nah, it's not terrible. Um, Yo, some tell me some tell me. Is it near the top of the league? Though. <laughs> I, 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 it, I, would, I would probably rank it. I would probably rank it between twelve and twenty. Okay, 12 and 20. Well, listen to this. When the Sixers starting lineup of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Dario Saric, and Robert Covington play together, which is currently 586 minutes and counting, they beat teams by 20.7 points per 100 possessions. That lineup has outscored teams by 252 points this season, far and away the league's highest mark. And while the team has been less effective in the fourth quarter and has struggled closing out some games, that lineup still outscores opponents in the final quarter um, by a plus 5.5 over 100 possessions. See, what you've been watching, dog? He hasn't watched the Sixers. Right, the reason the the Sixers went out and got Bellinelli and and, and Ersan Ilyasova is because when their dominating starting lineup goes out of the game, teams catch up. That's why the Sixers blow leads every night. Well, they used to blow leads every night. Yeah, yeah. because here's the thing. I'll say this, and I've watched, like, damn near every game this season. That's how I know my brother B. Austin ain't watching, because there's no way you don't put them no in the way top you five. Yeah, you don't put them, on, there's, no way, there's no way you don't put them in the top five. Because <laughs> Young boys hooping. They can compete literally with anybody. The only issue they are having this season is the fact that they're a young team. So they they tend to get up on they get up on everybody, like everybody. It doesn't matter every who it's, night they, they have the at least an eighteen point lead, Jim. Every no, single they, they night they jumped out they jumped out on the Warriors and was smacking them, but they have a, like trouble holding. Lead. I mean, they're a young team, so they make like you know stupid decisions down the down the stretch. But you'll get better Turnovers. with um, you know you'll get better with maturity or uh, bringing in Brian, one or the other. But um. <laughs> Never. <laughs> but, but but the point is, these young boys can compete with pretty much anybody, and, and they're not even like yeah. This is before um, as uh, Savad calls them, MF Doom came back. Like they're a very competitive team, man. It's interesting, man. Just watch them play. They're actually also outside of the homerness. They're they're one of the more entertaining teams to watch. Um, yeah, and we, we're gonna talk. We're gonna get deep into that later because it seems like there's a lot of people jumping on the wagon right now. Um, but no, it, it's this starting five, like, and the reason, like, Jimmy brought up the whole Brian thing, like, one of the reasons that I'm really against that is because, I mean, you know, I always say it, like, I didn't sit through four years of the process for LeBron to come in, wield his power on the on the the, the roster, get the people out that he don't want there, which I think one of them would probably be Dario Saric, who is going to quietly become a star in this league. Dario Saric is a baller. And people, yeah, anybody, you know, because anybody everybody's focusing on Ben and and Embiid, and they're forgetting this dude, and he's killing people every night. Yo, anybody that can still play in the NBA after being tortured by Jack Bauer, because he looks like he's been tortured before, 
Like, I have nothing but respect for him. You trying to say Jack sliced his lip? Yo, <laughs> my man looks like he's like, like been tortured, but he still be out there right. putting in work. Like, so you got to respect him. We'll stick with a Skyview. Skyview said, yo, I watch every single Sixers game because he's a Sixers fan out in Vegas. He said, I got, I got bars when y'all reach that segment. Um, no, no doubt. doubt. No doubt. Uh, Skyview, he going to tell us how good TJ McConnell is. <laughs> TJ is my no, dude, but he, Skyview think he's John Stockton. As long as he don't bring up that one dude, I think it's a mutt, then we good money. Nah, he think man. he's a mutt, too. <laughs> nah. Okay, I, all right. Me, cool, cool. me and Skyview talk during the game sometimes or after the game. He he think he think Jared okay. Bayless is a mutt. But that's the thing is, Yo. you think dude's a mutt. Dude is not. He's like an afterthought now. The last time he got into a game. Yo, and, and that, Jared that's Bayless ain't even like, on the team no more. He just got a uniform. Yo. Yo, that's what Miz said in our group chat. He's like, y'all forgot he played for the Sixers. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. He's just a boy with a uniform now. So, I, we probably, yo, the, Jim, this probably. In the beginning of the and, season, and, and you can count local shows in Philly. Like, we're probably the only people that brought Jared Bayless's name up in the past two months. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. I mean, he, the thing is, in, in the dang. beginning of the season, he was, clock, he was clocking major minutes. But, uh, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, they didn't have a choice right then, you know. But, yeah, now. Now they got shooters everywhere. Like Sixers, like a, a SWAT team out this bitch. Yo, but, um, they, I think yeah, the Sixers got shooters everywhere. They they got more shooters than OBH here in Philly. But way, <laughs> um, shout out to them though. All right, let's go to the phone line real quick before we uh, talk about what happened while y'all on the drive. We got the homie Tobias waiting for a minute. Tobias, what's going on, good brother? You in the war room? Roll, goddamn tired. Roll time. Hey, I was, hey, I was finna show you that video of Dev in the room with the uh, two piece and churches and some shrooms in there. He took any longer. Uh, <laughs> the water taxis and chicks. Uh, but uh, long, as, long as you don't, long as you don't show my video with Stormy. I don't. Uh, I, I didn't know she'd been with Trump before. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. But y'all do know I wouldn't Stormy, have done don't, that. Stormy don't mess with Stormy don't mess with black men though. She's she's one of them yeah. uh, racist uh, racist floors. How you gonna be a I wouldn't. Racist? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have racist? gone after the press. Yeah, our president might have like herpes or something. Well, how you how you how you gonna be a racist <laughs> porn star though? Like, yo, you you give it up for a living. Dude. I know. No, like, no. you get smashed for a living. You shouldn't have any vices against anybody. Like, what's wrong with you? Hey, somewhere yeah. OJ Simpson disappointed by that because he probably slid in her DMs. But uh, here's the thing: OJ hit that. couple of quick, <laughs> couple of I quick things. Yeah, you know with those um, rule changes. I'm not black. I'm OJ. <laughs> okay. You know what? Let's talk about school of football real quick. Those rule changes, though, to me, it is a dangerous game. People are going to get hurt. Deal with it. It's like cheerleading. A lot of girls are hurt cheerleading. A lot of kids are hurt playing soccer for concussions. People are going to get hurt. They, people who play this game know what they're getting themselves into. And I'm a big college football fan. That targeting rule when it goes to that replay slows the game up a lot. And, it's and very it gets, subjective. like, important people thrown out of the game with no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, that is corny to me. <laughs> and if you get thrown out in the second half, you're missing the first yeah. half of that next game. Right, right, and right. You have to be out for a whole, like, yeah, it's, it's, that rule is terrible. <laughs> and then, like, I heard what Shannon Sharp said. We had a uh, TV on at the job, man. He brought up a good point about kickoffs. So he had mixed feelings on it because 
that's how he and many players made their bones in the NFL who may came from a small school, may not get on, is playing special teams in those return teams. And, um, right. you know, so that actually gets a lot of people on. But at the same time, it's like if you get rid of that, the game still ain't going to be safer. People going to get hurt. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Like, I want to see, you know, how, I mean, we've already seen lots of examples of it, but I'm like, even with them addressing the rule again, I just want to see how subjective they're going to be about the whole thing because, you know, there's something right. like we celebrate, and I'm saying we as in them, the people in the league, you know, they celebrate how fast dudes can run. Like, there, it's big news if somebody goes to the combine and runs a 4-1, a cornerback or a safety or something like that. But this same cornerback or safety is going to be flying down the field and on a bang-bang play, his head is going to hit the helmet of somebody else's and you're going to toss this man out of the game. <laughs> but the reason that he hit the dude, you know, that they hit him like that most of the time is because they can't slow down on that type of a play. So you're going to celebrate his speed like we used to, I mean, it, that, it used to be worse. We used to celebrate just how nasty people were and how hard they hit. You know, we used to, they used to make videos and all that, and now they, they're fronting because there's money on the line. But, yeah, you can't celebrate how fast the dude is and then expect him to be flash in his movements, you know, as far as what he can do to pull up or or, or to not let his helmet hit another dude. It's just it's weird, man. Yeah, and, it, I mean, and that's true. It, 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 it's very weird, but to play devil's advocate just a little bit, the game has to evolve some way because now not only do we have the information, but everybody has the information in terms of what this stuff does to you. So I get, I get it. We grew up watching yeah. one thing, but it, it kind of has to change. And I, I don't think they have the answers yet. They're like Sway. They don't have the answers, but they got to right. do something. You know what I mean? No, like I'm, 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 with, you. I'm with you on that, Jim, because, you know, I've been a proponent, you know, of the, I'm, you know I understand the Tell the Truth movement. Uh, what the part that I was saying is weird is just how they're going to make these decisions. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, I mean, you came up with the with the best <laughs> solution a long time ago, and now I'm hearing that even catching legs. Take the helmets off. <laughs> Take the helmets off. Maybe people won't Absolutely. run as fast because they're no, scared I, I, I to yeah, crack I their melon open. Pretty much. Yeah, all, all I mean, they they might running. not run as fast because you don't want to get you don't, you don't, you don't want to be running a four one getting your melon wish. cracked open. You gonna have some weirdo with a death wish trying to like you know go viral by like breaking his melon open. But I mean, <laughs> if it's a minor thing, so be it. But all I'm saying is, it's just interesting, man. Like, they have to do something because honestly, outside of all the um the social the issues and all this, I just I, I'm fearful of like the game just pretty much not being here or being completely like they're gonna have to do something. I just don't know what it is. When you see right. people, and I, and, um, and I can understand. I mean, because we see a lot of plays where dudes just launch themselves and they use their helmet, but then we see a, we see several plays where they'll call the the penalty when it's like the running back nothing, lower his like there was time. there was no feet. way for their helmets not to touch. Like those type of plays when you hit the face mask or, or something like that. Like, some of those plays have to be judged better, in my opinion. Like, they have to be able to subjectively say, okay, on this one, the way that the defender, you know, bent his head down, there was no way that the helmet wasn't going to gonna hit. We have to be 
you know, we got to be fair about that. Like we can kind of tell when somebody does it on purpose. You know what I mean? You're putting you're putting a lot on the shoulders of the referees who officiate these games. In 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 full time. I mean, they stop the game and and watch six minute movies every other play, so they need to get it right if they're watching movies on the sideline. (laughs) I have a solution before I get on this my Odell Beckham rant. The solution would be the NFL don't want to address this as guaranteed contracts. So maybe if a guy did get dinged up a little bit, he wanted to rush back because fear of losing his job. But they don't want to talk about that though. But uh, I mean, you know, now 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 hold up hold up hold up because. You got to play devil's advocate on that, too. And it's not I've that I don't agree with you. I've always understood why they didn't do that. Yeah, but, you want the brothers to make money. If you're, but, if you're an owner of a team, are you giving out a guaranteed contract to buy Let's be honest. Well, well as you say, as you say, let's be honest here. Yeah, we're going to be honest about it. But this is why I fought the players. I don't think any owner will give a guaranteed contract. But maybe the players should stop fighting for the couple people that failed the drug test and less OTAs. And worry about these guaranteed contracts because that's the long term help. That will help you long term. We have to worry about rushing back. And so I don't blame any owner for doing that business. But the player should have fought. I don't know. There's literally, there's literally an injury. Statistically speaking, there's an injury every four plays in an NFL game. If I own a team, I'm not giving no guaranteed contracts, man. I, I, I can't. But, I can't see it. It, it would become too. Well, you know one thing interesting, like from a historical standpoint, when you look at the league, the NFL's union has kind of been like the weakest union, like throughout history. But I, I, yeah, I think they, I think yo, the they to take what you can get. Union. Even a union. In terms of the demographics of who plays, in terms of the demographics of who plays the game, and also there's always this adage of like. um we're not going to give you that because you can easily be replaced. There's maybe only maybe a 10, 15 people in the league that the owners actually don't feel like can be replaced because it has yeah, like this lie, military man. background. If the game has like this military history where it's like, if I get a good leader or coach, we can pretty much plug anyone in at certain positions. But there's maybe a handful of guys that can't be replaced in the league. A- operate that way. <laughs> well, obviously, Kirk Cousins is one of them. <laughs> Eli Manning's another one. But I'm going to kid this Odell Beckham real getting... quick. Kirk is getting some nice guaranteed money. Okay, I mean, that's, that's, that's that quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Odell real quick. The Giants, honestly, I'm not going to lie. If, if someone offered Mike Evans or Tampa Bay Mike Evans for like a first and a third, I'm like, send him out of town now. Because the thing is, with the Giants, they rebuilding. You don't want him being your – it's like if you're rebuilding, what's the point of having him there? I believe a team – and if he did trade him to the Rams – the Rams will have to pay Aaron Donald before they even bring him into camp talking about paying Odell. You have to pay Aaron Donald first. But also, with the, I think the team that should be aggressive, the Cleveland Browns, they have so many draft picks. And that right. they, yeah, they can know, actually really pay this guy. Aggressive in terms of what? You want to put Beckham on that team and for what? Like it didn't do what? Hey, I'm talking about the Giants. Let Tyrod Taylor get the most yeah. picks. <laughs> yeah. Let Tyrod hey, you know Odell wants his money and his touches? Hey, but, but but what I'm saying, like, even the Rams, I give the Rams credit for this also. They're trying to load up and win now before they have to give Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jerry Goff $25, $30 million. And I wish more teams would take that approach and go for it before you have to pay that quarterback. Because once you pay that quarterback, hey. it's hard to keep those people together. That's the approach Listen, the Eagles man, took um, last year. <laughs> and, yo, and you 
got it done while Carson Wentz was still on Yo, the rookie deal. You brought up you brought up Mike Evans, man. I want to tell Mike Evans you better get as much guaranteed money as possible because he just signed to be represented by um the same people that run Cash Money record labels. So, <laughs> like he said earlier this week, Jeff, I don't understand that. Why would you sign I mean, with anything Cash Money? Or didn't pay Lil Wayne. He kissed Lil Wayne. Yeah, he pay he pay him. <laughs> him. Yo, they don't need to pay fans. <laughs> Mike Evans just signed with him, dog. So tell Mike Evans to get as much guaranteed as possible. Yeah. And they don't remember but, what but happened I'll, to Ricky but, Williams when he signed with a man. New Orleans rapper? Hey. <laughs> he had the worst contract in NFL history, man. I think they paid that man in marijuana. The Giants, they, I think they come to grips. They're rebuilding. They ain't telling the whole league right now. So they, they just don't want – they just saying to me they want two first-round picks. So they don't get lowballed. It's the they don't lowball us. But, but with all these bad quarterbacks being signed and stuff, I have one question about one quarterback in the league no one's talking about training for. I didn't think Jacoby Brissett was terrible last year. I'm surprised the team ain't trying to bring him in for like a trade, like a late-round pick, and just see what he could do with a body a little bit better roster. I, I, I think the reason why I think people are just going to look at him as – a decent, like a re- not even decent, a really good backup. I don't think anybody's going to give him the opportunity to be a starter. starter. So I guess they like, look, <laughs> you know, the Colts will hold on to him because they'll have something decent if uh, if Andrew Luck still can't come back the way he's supposed to be. But Boy, all right, Tobias, man. But, hey, but you guys take it easy. And I found a new stat. LeBron was the first guy to score 10 points in the first three minutes with his hairline being in point at 75 degrees outside and a dew point was at 30. Hey. But, hey, but Frank uh, Jordan. Tobias, Tobias. Tobias. LeBron, <laughs> hey, Tobias, Tobias, I just want to say real quick, I, I just recognized that you said Dev is in the Sanford Arms. And I don't know if people caught that, but I definitely caught that joke because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very familiar with the Stanford Arms. That's the greatest TV show of all time. So I, I caught that joke. Just want to let you know that. Hey, no problem. Hey, fellas, you take it easy. Keep doing what you guys are doing. And, and, and don't be – I'm glad y'all ain't performing like Stephen A. Coon out there. You guys have a great day. All right, man. <laughs> Peace. Uh, let's be hey, honest hey, here. Yeah. Yo, Dad, when, um, when, San, when Sanford and Son was on TV – and it got to the point where the show probably should have went off like two years ago, um, and it was like real old. That's when Fred finally stopped being broke, and he uh, he copped this uh, little apartment complex called the Sanford Arms. So, I mean, shout to uh, G Sanford. But anyway, so that was that was before the the, the days when it was like Grady Show. <laughs> yo, yo, that's that's when it's like yo, they just milking it now. Like Fred ain't even on the show. They didn't, yo, it's Sanford yeah, and someone else. Sanford though. It was like, remember Martin did that, though? Like, Grady was the equivalent of Pam. It was like the Pam show. Yeah, exactly. Like, yo, what are exactly. we doing? Like, yo, Fred left. And they straight, like, Grady did, like, major plate a person on the show. Like, really, cuz? Like, y'all just trying to milk the bread out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about. Yeah, Jimmy going to tell you all what happened while he was on the ground. We're going we're gonna, to uh, abbreviate this. You know, y'all can check out our website at warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, just dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. It's time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind, which is brought to you by Sports the Book. Listen, man, the greatest thing about writing Sports the Book is like um, the world has read it. 
And I can tell because some of the things I uh, predicted or said should happen are happening, such as the G League becoming dominant uh, in the NBA, such as um, pass interference. But anyway, you can get this masterpiece at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Go right to the hub. Smart people in the sports. Just make sure you get your copy to see what else Jim Stradamus predicted. Now let's talk about what happened. Wow. Yes, sir. Now listen, um, we just talked about football and, and, and its effect and in terms of decisions that are being made to try to <laughs> postpone the killing of the game. Well, um, there's a player who played in Montana, and um, you know every state has like their Hall of Fame. So Montana has a a Hall of Fame, and they were trying to induct uh, Corey Wilner into the Montana Hall of Fame, but Boy said no. He was like football has ruined his life, the time that he played in terms of um you know injury head injuries or, or and such, and he right. thinks the game is unsafe. And he doesn't even want to be inducted into the Hall of Fame because he regrets playing football. Crazy. Wow. wow. I mean. Sh- some of these dudes really go through it after they leave this game, so you can kind of understand this whole thing. Um, like when you're living a terrible quality of life, when you're in constant pain, you know, your, your head is, is throbbing every day and you're damn near going crazy and you know exactly why you're living this way, I mean, I can see that how that can just depress you and make you regret and hate everything that you did for something that you thought back then that you loved. So, you know, this is yeah, I mean, kind of what we were talking it, it, about it, earlier, like with them trying to change some of these rules. So, it's why you see so many players who literally go to killing themselves. Like they can't deal with the pain and the afterlife of, in football. And the crazy part is um, a lot of them will tell you that it's worth it while they're under the bright lights and they have the fame. But, you know, as fans, when new guys come in and old guys go, we say, oh, F-O-H, we don't care about Junior stay out no more. He ain't playing. What are you doing for me? And next thing you know, they can't deal with that. It's not worth it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yo, did you see some of the stuff that he's going through? He said he has depression, memory problems. He suffers from mood swings, and he seeks to isolate himself. And then he said recently his thumb has started twitching. Like, Yo, what's wrong with his thumb? Hey, yo, yo, this yo, is I got a brutal right? game, man. This is a this is a quote from him. He says, "I'm 49 years old, depressed to the nth degree, but have a lot of money. And some people might say it's still worth it. I just tell them to watch what they wish for. If someone could have explained all of this to me when I was 14, I would have given it all back in a heartbeat. I would have wished for something else. That's powerful, man, because you know how the dudes yo. love yo. to play this game. That's that's that's, Yo, my man got a, my man got a, I mean, my man got a, he got a bunch of money and he's depressed because he don't even know why he's depressed. He just wake up right. depressed. Like, it, it's I have a feeling that if, if, if football doesn't change, right, and we continue, and let's say it eventually goes away, I think like maybe fifty, <clears throat> eighty years from now, when none of us are here, Pats are gonna look back at the history books and be like, "Yo, y'all did that." Sort of how like <laughs> right. when we look at history now, Ooh. right? And we watch something, we see like gladiators who, who the fought gladiator, the Coliseum. Yeah. And they right. fight to death, and we look at them like, yo, what was wrong with y'all? Like, y'all do the same To them, that was just football. football. That was just yeah. their football. Like, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, they're going to look at that. They're going to look right. at boxing like that, MMA, wrestling, if it's real. No, but the crazy <laughs> All of this stuff. The Think of like, so y'all put, the crazy y'all put part many pillows on your hands and beat the shit out of each other. Like, yo, but here's the, here's the crazy thing no about boxing on. and MMA. 
The, the crazy part about boxing, the boxing and MMA is like studies show that it's actually safer than football. And that's crazy. I mean, it has when to you be think about whoa. You know why though? Yeah. Because this is a this is a big misconception that I always try to tell people. Like, they find out somebody has a concussion and they might look at a certain player and I'm like, well, he didn't even get hit in his head. That's how, you know, the brain is set up <laughs> in a different way. If these are three hundred pound dudes hitting each other at full speed on every play, like you don't necessarily have to get hit directly in your head to get a brain injury. And that, I think that's yeah. the biggest misconception out there. Like, especially after you've already had a concussion or two, then you, you know, you're already fragile up there. So, you know, you get yeah. hit like that in the body, wherever your head is still snapping back and still getting a part of the contact, even if it's not direct contact. So that's the misconception that people have. So, yeah, Fist to the head cool. versus 300-pound dudes running their bodies into you, I can see how football is just, it's just worse. You're just throwing, Listen, man, you're I'm throwing cool, yourself man. into people. One thing I can say for sure is that um, I'm cool and I respect the brain. I love brain, and I love brain so much that I don't want to, like, you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. Yo, salute the brain. Yo, salute the brain. Listen, let's right. move on to basketball. Don't, don't, do nothing for the, don't, don't do nothing to mess up the neck either. <laughs> right, yo, protect, protect the neck. <laughs> first things first, man. You're messing with the worst. Listen, anyway. Um, Shout out to the wolf. <laughs> Listen, man, a G League player, and um, you should be laughing as you say this. This is a sad story, man. A G League player died after collapsing on the court. Um, and I felt so sorry for the story. He was a young boy. He was 26 years old. My man was in the G League still chasing his hoop dreams. And um, right. he's no longer with us. And I saw a lot of uh, guys in the NBA, like, you know, shout out. Because here's one thing about basketball, which is interesting, right? Like, people make it at different levels, whether it's high school, junior high, college. But hoopers have, like, a, a fraternity amongst hoopers. Like, ball is essentially right. life. So, Cats recognized his love for the game, even though he wasn't playing in the NBA. So you saw a lot of them like, damn. Um, but yeah. you know, rest in power. No, hoop is definitely life, and it's how you you like if you've been a part of that. You know, that may be how you met a lot of people in your life. I'm like, look, Jim, like they're still adding us to like Hoopers groups on social media. And we ain't hooped in like <laughs> decades. No. Like seriously, I'm afraid to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear something about going right. hoop again. Okay. But the thing is. But people yo, remember I I, that. You know, people know where they know you from. It's a respect thing. Yo, real, real, real quick statistics. I think I met about 87% of people I call acquaintances or friends through basketball. Like, I have no proof of it being that high, but think about most <laughs> of the people stat. who were like, Palma. It's definitely Palma, but think about this thing. Most of the dudes that you've, like, built, even if you know people, the ones that you've built the closest bond with are guys that you've, like, played ball with. And it's basketball, not right. really football. Guys you play right. basketball with or somebody, even if it's not in any sort of organized, even if it's in a rec league or dudes that you hoop with, you build a certain bond with. Um, right. So when, so when basketball players, you have the basketball players go down like this, you start to be like, ah. Hashtag. Yeah, man, so definitely rest in peace to Zeke Upshaw. Um, like Jimmy said, 26, man. See, he collapsed on the court during a game on Saturday. Um he didn't pass right away. He didn't pass until Monday, but the autopsy showed um, that he had uh, cardiac abnormalities. Um, mm. So, 
So, you know, this this immediately, especially guys like us from Philly, I mean, it was a national story too, but he was a hero in Philly. This immediately makes you think of Hank Gathers and his story. Absolutely. Um, collapsing on the court. Um, you know, if there's any solace, and, you, you know, you don't want to try to pick any solace, but we know how dudes love the game when they're still fighting for it. Like, if you're in the G League, you definitely love the game. Yeah. I guess if there's any solace, you could say he, he went out doing the thing that he loved. Doing what he, he loved. definitely way too young. Definitely way yeah, too young. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And, and, and you know what, Dev? You're absolutely right. The first thing I thought of was like, damn, RIP, Big Bang Hank. Like, a lot of cats who aren't from Philly don't understand, like, the Hank Gathers thing. Like, And it's funny because um, – I've seen cats from other cities who have like similar stories of guys that were supposed to make like uh, what's the guy in Chicago, Benji? Benji. Like, um, I heard I heard about his story later, but talking to those guys, it's kind of like the same affinity we get. Listen, people, when I was a kid, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball were like so big like heroes and stars in the city that this is a time when I was a little kid and we would go to watch them play in high school. It was literally like um. Like, the Sixers is playing. Like, who cares? Let's go watch Hank and Bo because they were that nice. Um, not right. to mention some of the Sixers stunk. But that's either here or there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the but, the, but the thing is, anytime oh, something like this happens, the first thing I think of is Hank because I'm like, yo, what would Hank have done if he went to the next level? Because he dominated in college. Yeah. He dominated. Yeah. That yeah. man Shout gave Shaq. Shout out to Shaq who got some of that smoke. Yo, he gave Shaq all kinds of smoke <laughs> when he played. I mean, Shaq gave him smoke too, though. Nobody was playing defense that game, but still. <laughs> but anyway, that game man, was just a five alarm blaze. <laughs> Yo, rest in power, rest in power to that man. That's kind of a, a sad story. Um, we talk about a football player, um, basically saying uh, FOH with the game, and then a G League player dying, man. So let's talk about something more positive, and that's Johnny Football. Um, the new yeah, Johnny, Johnny football who saved me. He spoke out. He spoke out Black people love Kaepernick. you now, Johnny. Yeah, you on our team now, Johnny. Johnny is official BLM. Not. But uh, Johnny um, spoke out for Kaepernick and said, stop comparing him and, you know, Kaepernick, what he's doing, um, you know, transcend sports and he's, he's putting in work in the community. And basically, he took everything, did everything positive he could say about Kaepernick, which probably sealed his fate. Although I heard after that the Patriots are still talking about it, giving him a shot, um, yeah. which is just you know wait for Austin to tell you what that what that's really about and Deb get the bell ready. But, uh, <laughs> all right, well, well, even before I do that, let me read because he had you know let me read his uh, it was like a series of tweets. It was like five tweets where he talked about it. I'll just read them all as a paragraph. He said this will probably cause an uproar, but I'm tired of the. Kaepernick versus myself comparisons and anger. Cap is doing amazing things right now, changing lives and donating millions of dollars. His impact off the field from a societal standpoint is legendary and straight admirable. Standing up for people who often don't get heard and for a race that continually deals with problem after problem in this country for centuries, capital, centuries. This world we live in is absolutely crazy, and I believe what he's doing has an amazing impact. In my opinion, the guy still has a lot in the tank, but it's not my place to say what he wants to do with his career. All I can speak for is myself and trying to turn my life around from the depths it was in. God bless and have a great Saturday. I rock with you, Kaepernick. You've always been good to me, and I appreciate that. All the best in your journey, my friend, wherever that takes you. So shout out to Johnny. He was definitely sober when he wrote that. 
Salute to Johnny for That was definitely a sober post. Um, so, yeah, B, you know, you want to offer any thoughts, um, like Jimmy said, on the reason why, why even after this, what you would think is a death sentence, why, you know, teams are still considering Johnny football um, and they're not considering the person that he's actually, you know, defending. Being compared I mean, to and Eric. And um, Eric Reed, who stood up, Eric Reed, who stood up for him, isn't getting a look. And I would say Eric Reed is better at his position than probably Johnny Football and Kaepernick is at theirs. Eric Reed, as of this, not not that uh, not to take away from Johnny, but Eric Reed is presently ranked in the top twenty safeties in the National Football League. Presently, as of the two thousand seventeen season. Um, so Johnny football can be basically outside of football, a drug addict and in life in shambles, but he's going to get a shot before Colin Kaepernick who stood up for black people in the U S. So if that's not white supremacy, I don't know what is, but salute to Johnny football, man. That That was some powerful tweeting, you know, powerful tweeting on Johnny's part, man. Y'all think Johnny that. wrote that? You think Johnny wrote that or he had a ghostwriter? Not really. No, yeah, I think I mean, Johnny's smart. I think he's just a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's a okay. smart dope fiend. I think Jay Electronica wrote that shit. I think either sauce money or skills wrote that, dog. Ghostwriter dog. So here's what's right. funny about ghostwriters in hip hop, and this this is a little sidebar. It's like, yo, everybody who says they ghostwrite, the only person I'll ever admit to ghostwriting for is either uh, Puff or Dre. And I guess that's because Puff oh, and Dre yeah. don't care that you tell. But everybody right. in their mom has written for Puff. Because they like, got yo, the Puff reputation. No, Puff and Dre don't even have that many songs that have that many ghostwriters. <laughs> yeah, so you saying like people be lying 16 on their albums for them both. No. That's be lying. Yo, it's sort of it's sort of like the same amount of people that were supposed to be in the car with Biggie and Tupac. Like everybody was supposed to be with them that night. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that grows that's, that's every a, night, every day. Yo, that like, Ray J is supposed to be in there. But anyway, everybody's man, supposed to be riding with Big. Man, that's a big ass truck. <laughs> Some more positivity, man. Boogie Cousins, the Marcus Cousins. Um, we all know what happened to Brother Stephen Clark out on the west. <sighs> Um, bad story, man. You know they're still killing us. But uh, Demarcus Cousins offered to pay for the entire funeral. Um, so you know he stepped up, uh, even though he's not even out there no more. But, you know, shout the boogie. Yeah, that's what's up. Shout out the boogie. Um, also want to you know shout out Matt Barnes, Barnes, because I think he uh, uh, he was a part of those same those same efforts. Um, they they both reached out to the family to to pay for the funeral expenses. Um, I'm assuming, or at least I'm hoping that the you know the family took them up on that. Um, not even just for the money reasons, you know. Let these brothers do something positive if they want to do something positive. Let them be known for something, you know. Brian, get hey, yo, credit. interesting, right? <laughs> let, because, let, let yeah, Boogie get much, some of that much. credit. Let Boogie get some of that credit because Brian. I mean, what Brian does this thing, but like. This is amazing when you still, because you still see athletes to this day who say like, you know, I don't want to get involved in that or lend my voice to this. Um, but you see a lot more activism and a lot more like, you know, um, philanthropic efforts from these players than we've seen in the past. 
which I think is an overall great thing. But it's interesting because right. um, shout out to uh, the brother, Professor Cartoon Jones. I was talking to him today. Um, he's a professor in the Philly area, but he was telling me, he said, it's interesting because with athletes, you always like see athletes who say, man, if I was around, you know, with Jim Brown and Bill Russell, I'd be doing this. And it's like, um, you have the opportunity now to do things. Like, so in 20 years from now, you'll be like, damn, I, I didn't do that. Like, or you ever see someone who says, if I was alive on the civil rights movement, I would have been doing this. No, yeah, you wouldn't. You'd have been. <laughs> no, you'd like, been people act like it was been easy. Like, if it was so easy, we wouldn't like dwell on that part of the history so much. Like it wasn't yeah, easy. I think it, I, but um, here's I some stuff it, y'all I might not. Funny. Go ahead, B. I'm sorry. Hmm? I was gonna say I think it's I think it's funny because like you say they have the opportunity now, and there is more of an opportunity to reach more ears if you can look at the positive and upside of social media, which we don't talk about. For the most part, it's only the ratchet and the negative, but you have more chance to be impactful and reach more ears and eyes than Jim Brown, John Carlos, and, and Muhammad Ali did in their day and time. And now more than ever, because of the size of the bags that these guys get, they're afraid of that bag being being removed. So they quiet. They are, but you know what, though? That's the negative part, but on the positive side, and I think I was talking to Dev about this a little while ago, um, um, which is it's, it's weird to say because you're living in it, but I think overall, like with all the, all the negative stories and the way the world has been, I think we're kind of going through to try to keep it in the positive mood. We're going through somewhat of a black renaissance in terms of like the athletes like becoming more socially active, giving back. Giving back, also just the just the average Joe. There are more people who are becoming more politically inclined, becoming quote unquote more woke. When you look mm-hmm. at the content we consume, whether it's TV, music, or media, but I think it's hard for us to see that because we're in it. But I think like like you know we'll get a good documentary maybe fifteen twenty years from now about so, you know what I mean about about this time period. Mm-hmm. And we'll say, Damn, well, you know people Jim people, people wake up when they're forced to, and we know. Back in those days, <laughs> people were forced. forced yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was, the time in between, people got comfortable thinking like, okay, all of that stuff worked. We're in a good right. place now. Now yeah, more than Obama ever, we're it. realizing we were never in a good place, and yeah, stuff is you know, stuff is going what we perceive to be as backwards. So now it's waking people up a little bit. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is we yeah. got fat while everybody saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But before right. we move on, since we're talking about that, I just want to give Cousins his mm-hmm. props because he does a whole lot of things that probably never get mentioned. All people talk about is his attitude and antics on the court, even though he's a baller. But um, he was, even though he's been out, he was awarded the first off-season NBA Cares Community Assist Award back in October for his work in Alabama, New Orleans, Sacramento, and South Africa. Um, he also, listen, he also paid for the funeral expenses of Sacramento High School football player uh, Jalon Clavo, who was shot and killed in 2015 while picking up food before a home game with four of his teammates. And then they go on Yo, to say, that, you know, the same thing about Barnes. Like, Matt Barnes, besides, you know, trying to beat coaches up, you know, he's a pretty socially active Yo, player as well. He's planning Matt a march Barnes. this Barnes coming Saturday. So much. <laughs> so yeah, but here's the thing though: these guys, whether they know it or not, will probably be remembered or, or appreciated more for these works than what they do on the court. Because 
when you when you directly impact someone's life like that, they're gonna go and tell that story to everyone. Like when I was this age, like you know, like it's funny because I know people that um like when Jackie Robinson like he left a scholarship fund, right? The Jackie Robinson scholarship. People may or may not know about it. But I know several people that have gotten that, and they talk about that. Not that it will ever overpower what he did on the baseball field because, I mean, got his own movie with Chadwick Boseman. And, but anyway, but the point is I hear so many people talk about, like, you know, Thurgood Marshall and, and, and these guys and some of the things they did personally for them or even with their scholarship that, like, you know, you can see how that impacted them and how they impact others because it impacted them. I didn't even know Cousins was putting all this work in. Dev just read out a list. I'm like, he did that too? Yo, how you active in Alabama? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, no, not not many people, not many people are aware uh, of of his, you know, his social commitments. Um, and, and I salute him. I I was aware of Matt Barnes' uh, story a little bit. I find his story kind of fascinating. And for all the tough guy antics on the court, like dude is highly articulate and and fairly intelligent. He got bad taste in women, but I mean, it is what it is. Um. I mean, she must got that fire, though, for Derek Fisher to risk it all. (laughs) Fisher a noodle. Got that fire. All right, well, she she, she must got that inelastic product, though, because, you know (laughs) Shout out to Stringer (laughs) in his his econ class. (laughs) University of Baltimore Harbor. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> wherever you got it from. Yeah. Well, shout out to String of Bell anyway. All right. So let me uh do some quick, quick birthday shout outs before we move on uh to some other stuff. Um in the world of sports, namely some some hoops. There's been a lot going on in the world of hoops. A lot of that is revolving around our Philadelphia 76ers, but before we do that, quick birthday shout-outs. Jennifer Capriati turns 42. Yo, we are getting old. Uh, Billy <laughs> Billy Bean um, of MLB fame, but, hey, he's probably more famous as an executive um, because there was a movie written about him, Moneyball, uh, who, who ushered in this super analytics era and – Baseball, you know, they're celebrating the Oakland A's even though they still haven't won a championship, but still got a movie. Shout out to Billy <laughs> Bean, who's 52 My years birthday. old. Yay! Earl Campbell, who has to Absolutely. either have CTE or have given out CTE to several players, well, turns 63. No, real talk, it's a real question because I don't even have it lifted, listed here. And, you know, a lot of stuff went on in, what, 2015? Was it 2015? No, it was 2016 where everybody died. Earl Campbell's still alive, right? I don't know. I'm just making sure. sure. Because of Earl Campbell, like, not even making a joke, if he wasn't, like, I wouldn't be shocked. But he is still alive. I remember remember having a long conversation about him. I don't know if that was his birthday as well or, or, um, you know. I don't know. Yeah, he's still alive. (laughs) Shout out to Earl. And I ain't being funny. I ain't being huh? funny, but there's parts of his body that aren't. I said I ain't being funny. There's parts of his body that aren't alive. Oh that, yeah, you know that's why we were talking exactly. about him because at that college game, they they he walked out to midfield and it took walk. him like forty minutes because his but see, you yeah, know what? his yeah, body he can't is walk. Just, he got no knees. Yeah. Oh okay right. okay I know we talked about him for a reason. Yeah, that's why I was nervous. 
Because same here, Jimmy. Like I thought about, it, like we talked about Earl fairly recently, and I hope it wasn't like the bad news that you know everybody gets at, at some point. So Earl's still alive. We didn't mean to scare y'all. Sixty-three years old today. Um, Walt Clive Frazier. I know he's still alive because the only reason I watch Nick broadcast <laughs> is to hear Walt Clive Frazier say big words and rhyme all throughout the game. He's seventy-three years old. And he's still dishing and swishing. He's still dishing and swishing and <laughs> and, and, no. and all of that good stuff. Indubitably. I got the perplexity. I got an interesting story, but I'll let you finish the birthday first. Go ahead. All right. Well, last one. Um, rest in peace. Shout out to Cy Young. Um, that name should speak for itself. Uh, the winningest pitcher in MLB history. He was born March 29th, 1867. Yo, shout out to HU. <laughs> Bo was born the year yeah. HU was born. And he died yeah. uh, November 4th, 1955. He's lived a long life. But uh, we want to give yeah. a, a war room salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. Uh, salute. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yay! Yeah. Yo, What's just, up, a, just a couple a, a couple quick stories. One um, about the boy Billy Bean. Like, so a lot of people know, like, um, one of the things I do in life is uh, a lot of analytics when it comes to real estate, right? So I've actually, like, met the boy and seen him speak before because within the field of, like, analytics in general, this boy is, like, a legend. Like, so <laughs> like, God. I want to see John with you. <laughs> It was specific to real estate, but they invited him as, like, a keynote speaker. And this dude has a – it's, it's weird because, like, the average person doesn't even know who he is. But within the field of, say, like, data and analytics, this boy is like Michael Jordan, yo. And it's all because wow. of, like, you know, like, like the work that he did for, for baseball. Because for a lot of those dudes who were, like, deep into that, he, like, you know, made analytics popular. So he's like a god within that field. That's funny, though, because he started out by hiring – Analytics nerds, and now he get all the credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just all the credit. Yeah, exactly, because he put him on the map. Now, right. the other thing is um, about the whole thing with Walt Clyde Frazier, which I find interesting, is because he's been doing Nick games so long, a lot of people don't recognize that he's a Knicks legend in terms of a player. Um, right. Last time they won a chip, pa- yo, he got yeah. off in games. Yeah, Nobody does. Yo, just this past week, I see I was in a bar in, a, in Houston. It was these these young boys was talking about football. And they said, yeah, you know, the announcer, Terry Bradshaw, right? So it was an old dude there, and the old dude, like, snapped on him. He's the greatest quarterback of all. Obviously, he's from Pittsburgh. They were like, no, we're not talking about no quarterback. We're talking about the announcer. They had no yeah. idea that Terry Bradshaw – these guys were football fans. They had football jerseys on. They were football – they had no idea that Terry Bradshaw played. And we I'm like, four Super Bowls. Like, for one, that's <laughs> yeah, young people. Like, how is that – how, like one, how's that possible? And two, like, yo, we're, we're getting so old now that the guys that are announcing that play, like, Kathleen are recognizing this playing. Right. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. And shout out to Walt Clyde Frazier's restaurant because I've been there in New York. And you're on kind of fire. Uh, okay. so, so shout out to that. It's too. serendipitous. It's serendipitous. It's serendipitous. Is it better than OLG or no? It looked better than OLG. <laughs> OLG. Oh, OLG, okay. man, is where you go if you want some ignorant-ass southern food. Like, like, you know, down in Georgia, they fry everything. So at OLG, yeah, I had, mean, as an appetizer, fried, I had I had fried deviled eggs. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had fried deviled eggs. 
Let me fry Reese's cups. Like, give me a fried Reese's cup. So shout out <laughs> everybody else off the fry everything, yo. Shout out to y'all. Right. Especially Georgia. They just fry everything. So, no, yeah, like, yeah. like his is, is a little more upscale. You can go there and get a good steak or something okay. like that. You go to OLG and just okay. get some ignorant soul food. <laughs> all right. But shout out to all those people, man. And Jim about to get us into this hoops talk. But before he does that, y'all can check out our website, warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, and we see you on the line, Rob, we holler at you in a minute. Dial the Digital Extreme Technologies hotline at 323-410-0012. Press 1 when, prompt, when prompted. But if you already listen from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Yes, sir. You know, it's funny because a lot of people, Barkley's becoming so far removed from his playing career that a lot of people are forgetting just how good he was, which is crazy. Yeah, I saw saw people disrespecting him today. You know, they had one of those 90s versus the 2000s lineup, and they had Barkley as the small forward in the lineup. They had LeBron as the small forward in the other one, and somebody went on to say how he would totally destroy Barkley and Barkley wouldn't be able to get any buckets. And like, yeah, man, y'all forgot, man. <laughs> Charles Barkley yeah. was that dude. Yeah. I know he says Yo, stupid man. stuff on TV, but <laughs> people forget. People forget. Like, it's crazy how people just forget, man. Like, yeah. you know, we gonna we gonna be like them old heads soon. That you know, the old heads that talk about Bill Russell and Wilt. We gonna be like them pretty soon, yo. Anyway, We're going to be man. like the boy you just talked about in Houston, snapping on people. What you say? Oh, yo, was, getting all I, mean, people I, think, I, think, I think part of it is because we were in the bar and he had a couple of drinks, but he got – and they weren't even in the same conversation with him. He was at the bar. They were at the table. He heard That's him. That's what I'm saying. We're going to be jumping in people's conversations like, boy, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, yo. Yeah, man. But anyway, man, it's time to talk about basketball, and this is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you need a website for your business, and if you're in business, you definitely need a website, and you don't need a Wix website because you are playing yourself. The only people who use Wix websites are ladies of the evening. But if you want to run a legit business, Stormy may have one. But if you want a legit website, you need to hit up Digital Extreme Technologies. You can call them at 267-205-4203 or at digitalextremetech.com. Tell them that the War Room Sports sent you, and you shall get a discount. Now, let's talk hoops, gentlemen. Play that Triple H music. <laughs> Shout out to Rock the Bells Radio. <laughs> Cut the check, hello. <laughs> yo. Yo. <laughs> anyway, um, listen, man. Um, One of the greatest nicknames ever, MF Doom, Markel Fultz, rejoins the Sixers. And uh, what do you guys think about that? Does that make the Sixers, like, um that much deeper? And, and, and can they compete in the Eastern Conference? Felt great about it before he turned himself into a battering ram against his own teammates. But, no, it's an interesting week for the Sixers, man, because they kind of sprung it on everybody. They had left the, you know, they had left the decision up to him. Whenever you're ready, and, you know, just one morning, earlier in the week, he said he was ready. First, I guess we saw the little inspirational words that he tweeted out on the gram. So I guess that got people thinking because I know in the group chat we were like, well, what does it mean? And then a few hours after that, they announced that, you know, he was going to play. Um, he in that first game, been. right? He 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 played pretty well, and and it made me it made me happy because you know we live in this culture of immediacy. The dude had a serious, obviously a serious problem with his shoulder, which 
started messing with his confidence a little bit. And there were people out there that I spoke to every day, like, yo, this dude is done. He's a bust. Like, yo, he's played four <laughs> NBA games, and he was injured in each one. He's a bust. Celtics, yo, Celtics I, I got the Sixers with highway robbery. I, I still think I'm going to stop, be better than stop listening to the masses on him because exactly yeah. what you've seen. He, he and um, – he and Lonzo Ball, now, admittedly, because of his dad, I'm trying to see Lonzo Ball end up in the uh, in the center of, of Kyrie Irving's flat earth. But in it, like, <laughs> objectively, objectively, I'm like, every game, literally game by game, if Lonzo has a bad game, oh, my God, he's, he's the worst ever. If he has a great game, no, he's going to be magic. It literally Told goes like game by right. game. And then with Martel Fultz, it was almost the same thing. I was like, all right, he's got a terrible injury, obviously. I'm concerned. But how are we looking at this kid saying two years from now, he's not going to be the number one pick? Or four years from now, he's not going to be one of the top guards just based on this injury? As bad as it looks, like people literally said that he's one of the worst busts ever. And I'm like, <laughs> like they were already it. making lists. Yeah, it's Markel, it's Greg Oden. I'm like, yo, he played four yo, games. Yo, all injured. All I want to say, all I want to say is, man, yo, shout out to Bill Walton, because Bill Walton would do that from play to play. Yo, you make one play, Bill Walton be like, yo, you're the greatest player ever. Yo, the very next play, he'd be like, oh, God, that was, he's the worst small forward in the history of the game. He did it from play to play, let alone game to game. Um, my question to you guys is with Markel Fultz, how many games do you have to play before you're ineligible to win rookie next year? Rookie of the year? I don't know because I thought he mm, was ineligible. Because somebody asked me that um, the other day, like why didn't they just hold him back and let him go for rookie of the year next year? But I think he was, I think he was already ineligible. Like, did they give okay. Julius Randle his rookie year back? Because he he was in the first game of the season when he got hurt. Yeah, I'm know. not sure if they counted that or not. I guess we got to look at his numbers. They may have given him his, but I thought once you started the regular season, like that, it was pretty much it. But I could be wrong because I oh, know no. when, um, like the other guy, like you know Ben Simmons, it was a preseason thing. Uh, Embiid never got into a, you know a regular season game. Um, who else did that? Blake Griffin. His happened in the preseason, so they gave him his season back. I don't know. I have to look up Julius Randle and see if they gave it to him. Um, okay. And check the uh, the game time group, too, because I think Casey Mack, he's been offering some opinions. You know, Casey Mack be checking okay. up checking up after us, make sure we saying the right stuff. Yeah, Casey Mack. Yeah, you know, Casey Mack. You know, producer know, outside of the game. No, 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 no. I can answer you now, yo. Julius Randle's okay. 2014-15 season says one game. <laughs> so once you start the regular season, that's it. So his okay. first season in the league, he averaged two points, <laughs> and that's it. And one turnover because he only Dang. played 14 minutes. That is crazy. They, you know, like my man didn't last one. So I guess that's what uh, – yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, I guess if you if you make it out of the preseason and you actually play in a regular season game, then you don't get that season back. So Markel looks pretty good. I mean, he started off 
a little shaky, missed a couple shots. His first, his very first play was a turnover. But in 14 minutes, he got like 13 shots up, went for like five for 13. The impressive thing to me is how quickly he racks up assists. Definitely isn't bad. 14 minutes, he had 10 points, eight assists, something like four or five rebounds, and, you know, got up 13 shots. So you got up 13 shots and you dished out yeah, eight that's, assists. That's Lonzo. That's Lonzo. Here's the thing. Average. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> right. He did that in 14 minutes. Off the bench, even, and not a fourteen straight. Ha- like he played him like five minute increments, and you know. Yo, even 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 when he was having a mental breakdown and was like drawing at the free throw line, he still was getting to the free throw line. So he showed the ability to get to the cup, even when he was right. like you know his brain was somewhere else. He had a relaxed brain, but um, <laughs> so I mean he was the he was the first pick for a reason. Like outside of the Sixers, everybody had him like listed as the top guy. So right. You know, that was poor. But that you but poor. you see how everybody doubted that afterwards, Jim? Everybody turned into a genius after that. Well, I didn't have him as the first pick. Every, like, yes, you did. Shut up. Everybody had him as the first pick. Like, like everybody knew I mean, what the draft order was going to be. The whole time we talked about Lonzo Ball going to the Lakers, the Lakers had the second pick. So, like, we knew who was going with the first pick. So, people killed yo, me, man, and the hindsight. Even with like the uh, whole situation with um um Greg Oden, like Greg Oden when he played could play. And the fact is he just couldn't play. I mean, because of injury. But he he, he was, like the game he played in the league, he they did his thing. And you know, it, it, listen, man, guys get hurt, but you can't really. It, it's kind of sad yeah. because even a guy like Sam Bowie had a, an okay career, but it's like when you're expected to do whatever you do. And when you go before guys who end up becoming all-time legends. Yeah, I mean, you go in between Dream and Jordan, like the expectations (laughs) are crazy. My man really went in between Dream and Jordan. Like, how you went in between Dream and Jordan. There's nothing else. Yeah, you went between Dream and Jordan, you know, before Jordan, before Barkley, before, you know what I mean? You know, the expectations just rose and, and, you know, and, and now, me, and, now me, me, and now you're a NASCAR. Now you're a NASCAR now. Yo, uh, Sam Bowie? You talking about Devil Boy? Here, who? Nah, I yo, think Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie is a NASCAR announcer. You sure you ain't talking about? No, that? you're talking about the boy from Cleveland, Dart, Brad Dart. No. Yeah, what's wrong with you? What? <laughs> I got a relaxed drink. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, be also on that lane right now. He on that lane. Sam Bowie's best. Like, Sam Bowie's best season was like fifteen and eight. But Yo, here's my thing. These yo, days, if, that's if, an all star center. If I'm, if I'm, yo, he get a hundred million these days. If I'm Sam Bowie, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna run with the fact that I was drafted before like Barkley and before Jordan for the rest of my life. Like you realize, I was drafted before them, right? Like that's you got to run with that. What else he got? Run with. That's the highlight of his life, yo. That's all he got. You gotta run with that. You gotta run with that. But no, like I think it's funny, Jimmy. I think it's funny that you bring up uh, Greg. Greg, I think it's funny you bring up Greg Oden because every time that I've really paid attention to him play, I saw something special. Like not not to say he was going to be a perennial All Star, Hall of Famer, but I definitely see why he was taken where he was taken. He could play. He He could grab rebounds. Defensively, he was nice, and I mean, he just looked old as hell. But he could play ball; like he could definitely play ball. 
That's why his body gave in, because he was older than they said he was. <laughs> Yo, he was 106. He was the, he was the but, opposite um, of Benjamin Button. But I, I'm telling you, man, like, if we, if we took a list of guys who, like, you know, we could probably put a list together of guys who were just amazing that got injured, and we could probably come up with a team that'll win the chip when you talk about the Grant Hills, when Yo, you talk about is, the Penny Hardaway. Who is the guard? Who is the guard? Yo, per, Re- per 36. At per 36 in uh-huh. the rookie year, Grant, he Bull would have averaged 14, 15 and, and almost 12. 15 and 12 per 36 minutes. That's, that's crazy. a great yeah, that's old, that's that's a rookie. That's who's a who was right, that right, guard? So, so Brandon Roy. Yo, my, I literally, I literally, I, I've never said this, but like I'm a brand. I was a Brandon Roy supporter. Like it literally almost, it had me cutting onions and staring at the ceiling when I found out he couldn't play. Which was the all injury uh, team. Well, here's no, here's yeah. my question, Dev. Who is who is who is the all Brandon injury ghost? Who's the all-injury goat? Now, we know it's a table of guys. If you had to come off your head with the, the all-injury goat, who's the, who's the all-time injured goat? I, I think it got to be Grant Hill. Bernard King. Shit, Grant, nah, Hill still Grant, Hill Hill good... Grant Hill still got in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> getting I, mean, I, think, I think Grant Hill and Penny are right there. Like, because Penny, Penny was that guy, too, though. Yeah, I think Grant was better than Penny, though. Penny was more flashy. He's okay. the point, yeah. You remember Grant Hill was like the triple I mean, double master. Like, Young Grant used to give Mike and Scotty both fits. He used to give Mike and Scotty fits. Yeah, he did. It's a game. It's a game on YouTube, and I knew that because my my nerd ass sat and watched the whole game on YouTube of Grant Hill giving Michael Jordan the business. I mean, Mike yeah. was giving it right back, Paul. Mike gave it right back, Paul. But Grant wasn't scared at all. He gave him everything. Penny, um, no, he Penny's game was just way prettier than Grant's. Grant Hill game was awkward looking to me, but he got it done. Yo, yeah, he looked Penny out of game was just like, like his crossover, Penny was his crossover looked like a turnover wouldn't have happened, but he just went right by you with feet logs on. Yeah. I don't count. I don't count. I don't count. I don't count. Remember, Grant was the, like the leading vote getter in the All Star game for a few years running, while Michael mm-hmm. Jordan was still in the league. Did he Yo, Grant was that dude. Yo, Grant might be the good. You right, Grant. I'm, you right. You right. Grant the injury. <laughs> Grant was a. Grant still ended up playing like 16 years and could ball. Like, <laughs> I mean, that me, that's because that's because he rested like five years in the middle. But <laughs> when you rest like five years, <laughs> you can. No, but the thing yo, is too, Grant, yo, he ruined his Grant career. He ruined his career doing something they wouldn't do these days. So that's probably they probably look at him as a cautionary tale. Remember, he ruined that the ankle got yeah. worse because he kept trying to play on it in the playoffs. Where dudes yeah. then would have been like, I'm going to Yo, LeBron and them would have taken three years off and saved those. No, you can't you can't put you can't put you can't put LeBron in that category because LeBron don't get hurt. LeBron on that limit list. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, LeBron don't get hurt for more than three minutes. Yo, yo, LeBron almost looks like he got hit by a car, and you like, yeah. yo, LeBron finally hit, and he'll take one play. And, like, and Jim, no. after they get him, after after he lay on the on the floor for like a minute and a half of those three minutes, then they take him over to the bench. That's like two players, and he's holding on to their shoulders so he, they can limp him off to the bench. Then he'll sit on the bench for another forty five seconds, leaning back with his face all in pain. And then they'll get up and check back in and then dunk on somebody. Yeah, that's because <laughs> that's when, he's doing that, when he's doing it, 
when he's doing that, they're sneaking him that limitless that limitless pills being snuck into his system. Right. That's where they're going. Right. And if the the few times that he got hurt and ran back into the locker room, he just had to take a piss. Yo. <laughs> and and get and get, like, get his shots. He said, "Give Bron a Scooby snack," and he right back in there. Real quick, because we didn't even get to the to the Sixers in general. Um, they've been getting a lot of attention lately. Like the question is, because there's a lot of people out there that are saying they think the Sixers might be able to beat every team in the Eastern Conference. Like they wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Now there's yeah, rumors floating around that Joel Embiid may may have broken his orbital bone. I hope those are just rumors. But full strength, this team has looked great lately. The schedule has been favorable, but they held their own against the hard part of the schedule prior to the All-Star break. So you can't knock them now for you know punishing a bunch of teams that they're supposed to beat. But at this point, I'm not going to jump out the window. I'm still not seeing them winning over Cleveland just because LeBron is going to do his, you know, turn into the Incredible Hulk thing in the, in the playoffs. Then... Toronto, on paper, you would look at the Sixers like they should be able to beat Toronto, but the matchups in the regular season, like it just doesn't seem like we match up well with those guys. Anybody else yeah. in the East? I think they have a chance. You know, Boston, we don't know what Kyrie's status is going to be. So I think Boston's they have a chance done. against everybody else. Boston's done. So if you yeah, can kind of go and avoid two, one of those two teams that, that I talked about, they could – find themselves, they could. But the fact that they're young and dumb, you know, might be the reason that they don't find themselves in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but here's finals, the but thing. The future, the people future, are jumping the future on now. Right. Because that's the only thing. That's the only knock on the team is that they're young and they don't play smart sometimes down the stretch. But they can ball pretty much with anyone. Um, so I just want to say, like, I want to say rest in peace to my season tickets that I let go while they were going through the process. There's no, no way I can get them back at this point. <laughs> You took my season tickets. I've been looking on StubHub trying to find a single game to take the boy to. I'm like, I can't afford this. Yo, 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 and the funny thing is the Sixers organization yo. used to call me like once every two days when uh, the Sixers I mean, stuck. Yo, me, me and the dude were on first yo, name basis. I'm like, cuz, stop calling yo, they don't even, yo, they don't even bother me no more. Like, yo. Yo, I called a boy now. He's yo. like, new phone, who this? Yo, <laughs> like, they don't need us now. Like, three minutes. Like three, like three years ago, they paid Dev and I like a hundred dollars a piece to go to a game. Now, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's crazy though, because like I, I mean, I couldn't hold on because it's like, yo, when you get in season tickets and they were throwing out some of the lineups they were throwing out in the middle of like a Wednesday when you got other stuff you could be doing, you get angry. Like, come on, man, what am I paying for this for? You know what I mean? Especially, Next thing I especially Jim, like, when you have when you have a lady. You can't justify that. You can't yeah, justify yeah. that. When your money is just not your money anymore, you can't justify that, Vince, man. Like, you're going to watch Yo, what? They, they, got that, they got that ping pong ball to get, I mean, to get to give fault. I tried to make a phone call the next day. The ball was like, um, who, who is this again? I'm like, damn. You were just calling <laughs> for 48 hours. Anyway, hey, I bet, so, uh, Rob, I that we didn't get to you, man. Um, shout out to Skyview. He said, uh, He's been a Sixers fan since he grew up in Jersey in the early 70s. Big up to Mo Cheeks for the Hall of Fame bid. Uh, Skyview, I promise we're going to put this earlier in the show next week. We're going to talk about this whole Sixers thing um, because the, the, yeah. the playoff chase will still be going on. 
next week when we do the show. So we're going to get to this and yeah. all the other topics we wanted to hit on. Shout out to Mo Cheeks because Mo Cheeks to spend time in some of the same um, adult establishments I did back in the day. Mo um, Cheeks. You know what I mean? So, get Mo <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. You know what I mean? I, I, I promise you I won't put out there, you know, some of these stories I it could know. It ain't an auntie in Philly who wasn't on Mo Cheeks' jock back in the day and wouldn't have gave him the buck. Oh, I know it's funny. I honestly dig it. <clears throat> anyway, let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> let me shut up, man. I ain't trying try to get no cheeks in no trouble, man. You know what I mean? Anyway. He got cheeks. <laughs> he got mo cheeks. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody um, who chimed in. Skyview, Kevin, Casey, Mac, everybody. Rob, we apologize. And those other ones we couldn't get to, we apologize for that. But listen, um, and also special thanks to Gus Griffin for coming and giving us his investment picks. But tune in next week. We're going to talk about NCAA, more hoops, everything going on, NFL, pre-draft coverage, the NBA playoff race, pretty much anything. Don't forget, WarrenSports.com is is the hub to find everything, um, all of our social media links, any sort of content we put out, anything can be found at WarrenSports.com. You can also buy sports the book at WarrenSports.com. So everything is at WarrenSports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in a war against ignorance, and we'll see you chimps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.